advance, everyone. This is episode 49. Oh, wow. And uh, this week, oh, wow. I had like five lined up. Which one am I going to choose? Oh, I'm Atelier Rises Thighs. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Joker's Mask because I was playing some Persona. Oh. Uh, yeah. And yeah. So, news. I only have one thing in news, um, and then James has the other one kind of like on lock. So, the only thing for me this week that kind of stood out was the trailer for um, Itadin Deities in the Peaceful Generation. Have you mm. seen that? I, I did not watch the trailer, but I saw like the, the clip. like the first Oh, yeah. yeah. I watched the trailer. That shit looks good. But along with it, I also saw a whole bunch of people... I guess is there like something going on now where since that article came out about Mappa, everyone is just like, "Stop Mappa, stop, stop making stuff." I mean, is I that, felt like it, there was a I backlash. There was some backlash, but it's weird because it's like all I'm, I don't know what the Japanese reaction is. Yeah, they don't really give a fuck about what Americans have to say about their work. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. I was like, Mappa's not gonna stop. Like, are you kidding me? Like, them niggas, <laughs> niggas are on top. Like, they're not going nowhere. But, yeah, I really enjoyed the trailer. It looks like my kind of shit. It actually reminds me of um, Kyoso Giga a little oh. bit. So, I'm excited. I, 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 I want to see what's going to happen. I want to see what's going to pop off. And my other thing was about Gundam Seed, but I was only going to talk about that because I'm still playing <laughs> Gun- <laughs> G- Gundam G-, G Gundam Generation <laughs> Cross Race. Whatever the fuck the title is. I've got over 120 hours in the game now. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. Um, oh, shit. But, yeah, and I'm not even halfway through. But I'll leave the rest up to James because, right. you know, he's the, he is the Gundam <laughs> guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did. So there's a lot of news around Gundam this week. Uh, I think the, the main one is that there's a new Gundam Seed film sequel coming, a new game new manga so Gundam is a funny thing I'm not a big fan of Seed I think that for me because my introduction to the series was a little bit earlier I looked Mm -hmm. at Seed and saw what was at the time felt like a just a straight-up remake of some of the least exciting parts of Gundam Wing uh, and the UC series now anyone who watches Gundam at this point knows that most of the alternative century stuff is exactly that. It's usually a takeoff or a spinoff of concepts and ideas from other series. So it's not really like a novel critique. It's totally fine. I think um, Double O, which came afterwards, in a lot of ways was a remake of Wing. And I think did a a good job of both being a sort of quasi-remake and then also establishing its own identity. Seed, to me, just always felt like a, a bad retread i didn't like any of the the leads a um, bad but, retread okay yeah like it it was copying ideas very very directly but it wasn't really doing much different for example like instead of new types you had coordinators the you know the titular gundam looked like kind of a definitely looked more like a toy than something like the wing gundam which was iconic uh, there was a lot of variety, I would say, at least in the, the characters and, and the mecha designs. And they played with some interesting concepts. But at the end of the day, they made two two series out of it. 
And I'd be hard-pressed to even tell you the difference between the two if you showed me scenes side-by-side, except for the fact that I have watched both, so I'm familiar with what's in there. Um, So this new movie, I think it's a good idea because Seed has always been very, very popular. Um, It seems like it's going to be based on one of the side story mangas, and typically when you see like new Gundam stuff roll around, there's a real financial reason for it. Either like there's a... Uh, manga that has been doing really, really well, um, or light novel has been doing really well, or in oh. some cases, um, model kits that are released off of some of that spinoff product do so, do so well that they use the the proceeds and also the demand to justify making a new series, which then justifies making new model kits. So a lot of stuff that happens around Gundam is actually very strongly driven by the toy market on the hobby market, which is cool. Um, it's a way for people who are really invested to give back directly. And so as a, someone who has its own uh, model kit backlog, like I'm happy to fund the production of new stuff. I'm just not like a huge fan of seed. And if I was, if I wanted to see more of certain spinoff universes, it probably wouldn't be this one. But if you ever look around, like I think in the uh, Gundam build divers, um yeah the double o gundam is one of the mains for one of the series but i also think the strike the strike destiny or one of the one of the the strike gundams from seed is heavily featured in another and so that may be a clue as to how and why um all of this sort of came together you know you have a successful manga spinoff you got really good model sales you have some inclusion in an existing anime and people forget that build divers and build fighters were and are incredibly popular and among the most lucrative things that are produced by bandai namco and in the gundam universe in general they generate so much money through like the secondary merchandise sales so um yeah it's not i wouldn't say that there's like a ton of like for personal interest but i think it is cool that we are getting another gundam movie even if it's coming out of a series i'm not a huge fan of um, and I think attendant to that are some announcements around uh, re- revisiting 0080 War in the Pocket with some side yeah. story content, and then maybe there's something else I'm forgetting um, for the anniversary. Oh, Crossbone Gundam. Uh, I would I would bet hard dollars that the Crossbone Gundam stuff is directly from uh, model kit sales. They. I mean, I only know Crossbone because of Super Robot Wars and... The story that they explained in the game wasn't that intriguing, but the Gundam looked really cool. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, we could definitely have like a, a chat to go into depth about sort of that end of, of the UC spectrum. It's very interesting because it was... So Gundam F91, which was both a, a manga, light novel, and a movie, was supposed to be a TV series written by Tamino that was going to lead into a Crossbone Gundam um, tv series um legendarily both projects fell apart for a variety of um interpersonal issues let's say between the production staff and particularly tamino and some of the he- uh higher ups and at uh i think sun sunrise and some other whatever part of the production team so that's why f91 turned into a movie uh and never mm. got its tv series and that's supposed to sort of be the prequel to the crossbone story um, so I'm less familiar with the crossbone story literally because I don't read light novels, but I'm familiar enough to think that like 
those designs when i saw them i'm like these are freaking cool and then uh you know famously some of that would then lead into um uh the designs for victory gundam because it takes place i believe after 10 years 15 years oh it's in the same universe yeah victory is also in the same universe oh wow yeah so it just tells you where Tamino was going with all this. New yes. Type, new types turned into genocide weapons powered by psychic children. So, oh boy. Yep. Hey. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, I have the, a couple other like small um, news items. First is of course the uh, Demon Slayer launch of the movie in North America and around the world. Just continuing adding to the dominance. Forty-five million North American box office after opening on the 23rd so that makes it the second highest earning anime film of all time in u.s box office after you know a few days um i mean it's just doing gangbusters i don't know anything about the streaming um possible potential there but i would imagine that once uh once it's available everywhere it's just going to just be print money so don't think Demon oh Slayer yeah is going anywhere anytime soon um, the author also released a alternate ending. What? Um, or an when? extended ending? Yes. So there was. If you if you have finished the manga, you know. I mean, I, I the, haven't. But how the last chapter I, ends, and yeah. how some people might be very, very. I won't disappointed. Might be too strong a word, but just um, run over by the ending. And so there's an extension to that ending which sort of changes some of the conclusions from that final couple of chapters and it's supposed to be more crowd pleasing um i don't have an opinion about this so I, is it canon it's i mean since yes. it's extended yeah it's canon i mean you can choose okay. if you want to i mean they're not continuing the story anymore so you can kind of yeah choose if you like that one or you want to or you can live with sort of the original it's not really a cliffhanger it's just sort of like a chop Stuff happens and it's over. Okay. Um, I I liked Demon Slayer. I think that it ran out of steam towards the very end, but like that's better than a lot of stories do. And it did have. I like stories with definitive endings, and it had a definitive ending. So you know, this is. I don't find this offensive at all. I also was not someone who was clamoring for anyone to go back and revisit that. But I think in light of what's happened in the last week with Miura and the sort of end of berserk but then maybe not according to some of the artists i think like going back and tweaking how you want your story to to conclude there's nothing wrong with that um you're the author you kind of get to choose how you want to go out and yeah so more interest in demon slayer i i wouldn't be shocked though if we find in the next year or so that there's an announcement for either a spinoff or some kind of continuation maybe not with all the same characters and or in the same era i'm reminded of um Blade of the Immortal, how uh, that sort of picked up and continued after the fact, in no. a way. Yeah, so, yeah, a little bit of news there. And at, lastly is a weird one where uh, we have the uh, author of Cells at Work Black, Shigemitsu Harada, teaming up with the, uh, I guess, the one of the illustrators, the primary illustrator of Taboo Tattoo, um shinjiro to launch a manga called and i'm gonna uh, this i'll give you the japanese but then the, the english name is ridiculous shinyaku kanikosen <laughs> which is the crab cannery ship new testament 
Um, it's a weird New Testament. Uh, this is just oh my name. god. Yeah, so it's billed as a modern remake of a Japanese communist proletarian novel called Kani Kosen, which is called The Crab Cannery Ship, similar to the, the title of the manga from the 20s. What's what I found interesting about this number one, Cells of Work Black is deceptively good. Um, if you you both are learning things about human anatomy and biology, and then at the same time, there's actually an interesting story that's being told. And if you're if you watch the anime, um, it's actually a lot of fun. Uh, they they poke around because cells at work the the conceit is that the it's like a normal human body, and in cells at work mm-hmm. black, it's a the human body of a person who treated themselves like shit. So some of the Ooh. funniest scenes are like the result of this person just like not being in good shape. And what that means for the lives of like all the cell characters who are similar to the ones in um, cells at work, but only they're dealing with much shittier conditions because <clears throat> he's like fat and like has other <laughs> health issues. And my favorite one is when he finally gets to have sex. And but is oh, suffering doesn't he from... get gonorrhea? <clears throat> well, yeah, but before that, he's suffering from erectile dysfunction a little <gasps> bit because he's so fat and out of shape. And so they have to like work extra hard to be able to get him an erection. And then after he has sex, the the body gets invaded by gonorrhea. Oh my god. So Okay. It's funny, <laughs> but it's also treated as like It's pretty work. sad. It's very earnest. So I so it's funny to have like that mangaka come off and do something so I won't say odd. I think the the analogy I, I came up with was if you in school had to go back and read a book like um the jungle uh upton sinclair i think wrote that but it but it was a at the time when that book was written it was this big critique of working conditions um for you know working class people and it was very political and so the idea of a work like um the crab cannery ship which definitely has a strong political bent it was written as a uh a document to awaken the proletariat to you know the communist way of thinking to take something like that and try to update it for 2021 and its own problem then you go look at the uh, problem and i'm not saying problem isn't bad but challenge but then you look at the promo material and it's like a lot of fan service and so it would be like remaking the jungle as like a, a harem anime it i don't know how that works together i don't know but oh, I'm curious. Okay. Yeah. So it's out there. Um, and it is what it is. That'll be. Well, I'm pretty sure you're going to keep tabs on that. <laughs> I just want to see. You'll what remember it. On. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. It sounds intriguing, but not intriguing enough for me to basically be, go out of my way and be like, I need to know more about this. Oh, yeah. I'm not recommending anyone go and read this. Um, I would actually, if I was going to recommend anything, it'd be like, read the translation of the original novel. Because that's just interesting. Yeah, it was a ban. the The imperial government of Japan actually banned that book. So anytime I hear Ooh. about book bannings, I'm like, "Ooh, that's curious. What's going on there?" But yeah, it's just a, it's a, it's just one of those projects that has names attached to it, where I'm just in somewhat of a bit of shock that this is what they wanted to do. But hey, okay, art is art. Okay. Well, yeah, that's all I got for news too. Okay. Well, so, what do you want to shit this week? What do you want to start with Man, this week? Fucking back arrow. Okay, I just I went into the episode and I was like, wouldn't it be crazy 
if like they combined I had the exact the two things and like they they had me for a good chunk of it and then all of a sudden I was like oh these niggas are actually gonna do it I I love this show I just love it I just can't I don't I don't there's nothing else this season that's doing anything like it and if it is it's kind of just it's, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's, just... <laughs> it's such a fucking pleasure to watch because even if you think about like, oh, what if they did this? And then they do do it. It's still like, okay, but that wasn't like ass cheese though. No, like, it doesn't suck. It could, yeah, it could it, suck. It just doesn't. Yes. Yeah. That's the thing. It's just, it's just not sucking. And I just, I'm enjoying it. I, I, don't, I don't know what else. I don't know what else to say. I mean, you guys, I... You just gotta fucking watch it. Like, yeah, I'm, it's so I'm, entertaining. Let's. So if we can, I don't even think I can remember literally everything that happened this episode. So in the we start out with the ramifications of Bit transforming the Grand Edger into a giant robot, and then he just starts fucking shit up, and then like yeah. something happens. I don't know. Like Rudolph sort of squares off with Back Arrow being wielded by the emperor of Rekka, and then that's going on but then like maybe he gets the upper hand and then bit has a flashback to when shu was telling and we're gonna talk about shu because goddamn oh uh, my god then, we'll, yes. we'll get to that then he <laughs> then he determines that he can t- go even further beyond and combines the grand edger with the Rekka battleship to turn it into like a super mega transforming robot and then he, they go ham and then, like the the Emperor of Rekka, you know, realizes that like you know that he he has to cut all the cords, and then shit happens. You know, they turn into a fucking he turns he fires himself as an arrow again, 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 but like again. even more badass this time. And then then it's a trap, and he gets killed. But then he suicides and like pulls the chain of like of 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 bind of warpers out fuck. of Rudolph. Yeah. And other shit. Were happens. those mind warpers? Because I, I didn't know. What I don't know. Was. He pulled a chain out and it broke. I assumed it was links or bind warpers, but they could have been anything, really. I have no idea what that was. And uh, then yeah, I, other, I didn't know what other shit happened, and then Back Arrow like still can't be controlled anymore. The the Emperor Rekka dies, and he goes on. The Back Arrow goes on a rampage and starts killing everyone. But then, like, Ren and uh, Kai have, like, all the Emperor's powers. They combined into a new uh, a new conviction, and he's just beating the shit out of Back Arrow. And then, like, he, but, but it doesn't work out with his super special move. And then Shu fucking comes back as a giant. Like, I, 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 <laughs> this episode. Not only was all this shit badass, and then you get Shu coming, coming back at the end. To, I guess save the day, but now he's like a giant. But he also he a looked pre- a little bit transparent, so it's kind of like his hair had like some purple shit that didn't look natural. I don't even fucking. Know. I'm assuming assume... that he found a way to like manifest himself as the particles themselves. Exactly, I was gonna say the same thing. Like if we we've now been beaten over the head with the idea that like anything is possible if your conviction is strong enough. Yeah. So you know if he's that as arrogant a character as he is. I'm sure that they will explain in the next episode how this is possible. I knew he was coming back. Oh, yeah. Um, but then also, this opens the door for the Emperor to not be dead. Yeah, or it opens the door for actually a whole lot of shit. 
um, and a resolution, I think, in the end that could be a very like happy ending that I would not mind if they just found a way to bring back a lot of the people who were you know, unfairly killed or destroyed and start over again in a good way. Like, I have no problem. Th- at this point, this show is so ridiculous that a just basic happy ending would be v- well-deserved. Like, I wouldn't complain about it. I wouldn't be like, oh, it's a plot hole. They Or they just pulled it out of their ass. Like, no, much like everything else in the show, everything they're doing is just completely justified based on stuff they already showed us before. So I just, I would not be against it if it happened. I just want to know, so if the Briarheart gets injured, the real body gets hurt, but not doesn't get the same injury? Is that what yeah, happens? Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah. Okay, because when they were chunking um, the Muga, I was like, yeah. oh, I was like, why ain't this nigga bleeding out in the fucking Because he like Bri-Hart? lost his arm and all that shit. Yeah. 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 But I guess- No, yeah, I don't think is. it's not like reciprocal damage. The way they seem to describe it is the Briarheart is the- manifestation of your conviction energy through some kind of a a will right so that's why fine's ability is able to heal it's not that like she's putting body parts back on it's just that she's she's um reconstituting you know people's convictions yeah around them right it's just so i mean it's it's magical and you could probably justify almost anything with the system that way but yeah like that that is sensible but when it breaks and you're uh um bind warper breaks it's like your conviction itself is being shattered and so your ability to even hold yourself solid in the world goes away and you die or you demanifest or whatever the fuck you you join that pile of fucking weird skulls that they still have not explained and is the creepiest thing in this series and i have no idea what the f is going i on. love those skulls i think that i i they're eventually going to explain everything i feel and even if yeah, they don't explain some stuff I won't yeah. care because I've enjoyed it so much. Right. That's what I'm saying. A real basic happy ending where all the people who die come back to life. I'm fine with that. Yeah. Like, I don't need it to be dark and gritty or, like, you know, there need to be serious consequences. I watched the whole series and that shit was fucking lit. <laughs> I, saw, <laughs> I saw some wild fucking shit. I'm not going to get over how the Emperor just became young because because he wanted to. Like, that's which, some OG flex shit which right there. in itself, it's like, well, that was his conviction in the moment. So, it they're was. probably about to do some wild fuck shit. I wouldn't be surprised if Shu came back and was like, yeah, I've been talking to God this whole time. That nigga is yeah. not down with this shit. Like, what are you doing? 100%. And, and again, like, <laughs> I always love moments in series where, like, there's some character who hates God. And they just, like, their hatred it lets them get to the next level and just fuck over somebody. So I was like, if the emperor lived again or like something happened, like I don't care because like that that scene was was worth it when he was just like, oh oh, you think you killed me, motherfucker? Surprise! <laughs> uh, that was good. That was good. It was all good. I love this series. I don't know why it turned out to be this hype. I would I would love to like find out production wise where a lot of these ideas came from because this is not what I would have expected. Um out of any of this (laughs) like anything super weird and again we're glossing over the fact that there was a double giant robot combination transformation in this episode that's because bitch voice actor was going ham oh yeah you know what he they actually gave that nigga so much shine this episode that it made up for the rest of the season with him just being like nobody a use a useless whiny bitch i mean he was doing stuff bit here and there bit by bit 
no pun intended. <laughs> uh, he was he was doing some shit, you know. Like he, they started to give him stuff to do, uh, but his character was always kind of one that would comment on horror, you know, things that are happening, but not be a change maker. This episode, he was like, "I'm gonna go be, I'm gonna take my shit beyond, and then go even further beyond." And I'm like, "Well, damn, you know what? Now we're we're we're, we're getting into Gurren Lagann territory, throwing planets and shit." Like, I don't know what's next, um, but it's crazy. You know what? Now that so you said it. that, we're probably about to go to that fucking level now. I wouldn't even be surprised. I wouldn't even be surprised. We have two more episodes, right? Is it only two? I don't know if it's 26. I would assume it's 24, not 26. Wait, what episode are we on? Is Are we on 21 or 22? Oh, my God. I don't know. I, I Actually, you know what? I, I haven't, haven't been paying attention. I it haven't been feels, paying attention either. It felt like we were... When I was watching the episode, that we could be two episodes away from being done, but you know, given the series, that I have no idea what's happening any given time. Like, who knows? Who knows? In any case, we're coming to the end of the story, so we'll get some answers, and I'm, I'm happy to be along for the ride. I guess Rudolph isn't dead, so we're gonna have a final showdown after Back Arrow is finally cured of whatever's going wrong. With I want to see uh, the god though. I'm very interested Yeah, like in the we got to kill this motherfucker. Like what are we what are we waiting for? What like they should have been shit? revealed themselves at least because they did something. Yeah, they intervened already with the shoe shit, didn't they? Was the shoe yes. stuff? It wasn't Rudolph that intervened. It was someone else when Back Arrow was trying to do something. Yeah, he got stopped. Yeah. So it's like what what did that come from? I don't know, but you know, one way or the other, I am confident that we're going to get answers and I think that's cool. So I'm happy with this episode and eagerly awaiting next week. What about you? For back arrow? I I don't, I don't, I don't have anything else to say. Uh, (laughs) I'm just going to go in circles. (laughs) It was, it was great. That, that's all I got. (laughs) uh, I think VV should be next since this was an interesting episode. Oh, yeah. So, you know, with Homegirl being back, I say Homegirl, with Vivi actually being back, you know, it wasn't bad, but also it was a little frustrating because, no, it wasn't frustrating. I feel like, you know, the the sequence of events made sense. And the fact that, like, you know, she retired because she can't sing anymore and she can't sing mm-hmm. anymore because Vivi came back and I guess she's like insecure as to what Diva had been doing for the past 40 years. Right. And she just didn't want, not didn't want to be shown up, but like she was just afraid that she wasn't going to give the same performance. And so she just fucking retired out of nowhere. And uh, Osamu, I knew who that nigga was. The moment that I saw the older version of him, I was like, this yeah. this character looks familiar. Why does yeah. this character look familiar? And when they said Matsumoto-san, I was like, that's the fucking nigga who, who did the whole thing. Which also, this is just like, it just makes it even crazier because Matsumoto, I feel like Matsumoto should have known himself or at least picked up on it, but maybe that change that he went through made him a little less paranoid or like aware of the project itself because he said that he's working on what the fuck did he say that he was working on? He said Matsumoto? that 
Matsumoto, yeah. So like he vaguely was saying that he had like some promise that he was trying to keep. Yeah, but was it was it some promise that he made to Diva that we didn't I see that know. was like off screen? I like don't know. I have no idea what it is, but maybe it's a promise with the human Matsumoto that we don't know about. Maybe now this is a, a again. I think I was sort of in this boat last week where it's going to come off like a criticism, but it's more like a choice that this series has made so once again we've had a massive time skip and at least in this one we're sort of let informed that not a lot has happened right because she that retires and is kind of just in this museum forever yeah so so it's not like there's a ton of events that need to recap but i, I so i'm gonna reserve so what i'm about to say is a is a temporary feeling and i'm just gonna reserve judgment until the series is over but this series has a habit of ramping you all the way up to you know what feels like a, a a steady pace for a story and then when the arcs change over taking you all the way back down to zero again and in my opinion kind of meandering around and and not doing very much and uh so that may be in the scheme of things like once the story is told perfectly reasonable and just sort of a directorial storytelling choice that um you know it's not for everybody but serves a purpose of you know modulating the intensity of emotion and letting the stories focus on small things rather than large things but i always have to wonder like what is the purpose of setting up a time skipping uh adventure all around preventing an apocalyptic scenario which you would think is like very very important and the kind of thing that drives a lot of action in other stories and then kind of just like dropping it midway multiple times throughout like a very short run uh to go focus on like the flowers effectively i don't know if that's you know it's eclectic on one end but it may also be like wasted wasting a lot of good energy on the other side because i was super amped after the last episode to go into like a final story and i don't mind i kind of assumed that we we're gonna get the robo ai apocalypse anyway but just with like added flavor yeah um it seems like they hinted that vv's song is the reason why all these robots went crazy or at least a song has something to do with it whether it's that's or... what i assume because what they were yeah. humming was the same like melody right yeah so they're sort of implying that maybe the she was the singularity project all along or whatever i don't know i mean if that's what the direction that they want to go and now they want to flip matsumoto again then like fine if on the other hand i think matsumoto mentioned in this episode about the um kakitani words about seeing something in a dream and the implication of there being another the revelation some, yeah something which they else keep is, ignoring the tower they do keep ignoring the tower which again i hope is resolved as a storytelling device in the last couple of episodes but if it's not i'll be irritated because we spent a lot of time doing not much when some of these arcs could have probably been boiled down to single episodes um so i don't i don't know uh, how I feel about this episode in particular, where it feels like there should have been a lot more urgency behind it. And instead, uh, 75% of the episode was all basically VV literally doing nothing, like, for years. And we had to watch it. 
So did I not enjoy it? No, it looked great. I think introducing Osamu as a character, as a kid, and sort of establishing that there is a relationship between him and uh, the the diva. And explaining why she was chosen in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think all that is useful and we're, and I assume will play into the, st- the end of the story. And I buy somewhat that the statement and the revelation she kind of has about how to, you know, how and what to sing for. Yeah, sure. Maybe, maybe it did take her 20 years to figure it out and a small child kind of unlocked it. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm along for that ride. But did we need to spend the whole episode figuring that out? Maybe that's something that like we could have. It could have been shortened a bit. Yeah, it could have been shortened. It could have sort of just been the first um, part of that like recap where she finds that the the memory of the old version of herself, and it just takes her a long time to write the song. But I don't really know if the meandering around like, oh, she's in a museum now, and like, oh, diva, you can't sing. Like, okay, whatever. Like, it didn't hit me as hard because we knew at the end of the last episode that the that v the vv diva personality well the diva the diva side of the of the personality had disappeared and that was the one that had figured it all out yeah um but that's also kind of annoying <laughs> that we like the central question of a character is actually resolved and then unresolved to forcing us to spend more time resolving it again i don't i don't like that that i'm not a fan of that that uh type of storytelling so i will it sounds like a criticism right now but depending on how they want to tell the end of the story i'm withholding a final judgment because until maybe we get I to will that appreciate point. it more yeah i mean i just honestly i thought it was a build-up episode i didn't really think they were going for like you know the action and shit like that but yeah, you you definitely <laughs> you definitely saw more into it than I did. I just wanted to see more fight scenes. <laughs> Me too. I wanted to see more fight scenes and then I also just wanted I wanted Vivi to at least get it this episode, but she did it. But I honestly did enjoy the fact that the the basically the massacre still happened. It's just that it it was just sped up in fucking time. That was the only yeah. difference. And uh, I still have questions about like what Matsumoto is not what he's doing, but how come like he missed this because he's one of the he is the person that said like hey this shit's happening faster. And uh, he kind of missed this. And Vivi even brought it up herself where she was like if everything is done, why are you awake? Like, shouldn't you be in sleep mode? Shouldn't the mission be over? Shouldn't this be a wrap? Right. You should not be here right now. And he was like, oh, you know, I got other shit to do. Blah, 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 blah. And went on about his business. So <laughs> I I want more fight scenes, which I feel like we're going to get next week. And then I also am very interested in knowing, like, what is the reasoning behind this? And also, is it just that one city where the massacre happened? And also, why the fuck is everything so damn bleak? Like... I don't know. Can we talk about the wife dying in birth? And like, we didn't even get her foot. Well, we got her name. How did anybody die in childbirth in this world? In that world, I was like, there are too many technological advances. Like, 
Or was the was she dead in the picture that he showed her, and they did like a C section to get the daughter? Like Maybe. I was, I was like, why? Was super uh, fucking weird. Also, how are you this attached to Vivi, nigga? Like, are you? What are you doing here? Your wife is in the hospital, pregnant, like possibly dying, and you're here talking to this AI about your problems. Which I guess it makes sense because clearly he's been like confiding in her his entire life even after he won the race or whatever that she set up. But still, it's just like, mm, why is your attachment to this robot so strong, nigga? Like, mm, okay. Also, I hope the daughter's not dead. But she probably is. I honestly she thought... Kinda, she probably has to be in order to tell the story. I also thought that Osamu was the descendant of those girls from the family. Oh, right. I thought that that's who he was going to be, like one of their descendants or some shit like that. But nah, he ended up being the doctor doctor. It's interesting. I'm waiting for next week. I can understand, though, why you would have those views because it just time time travel is fucking tricky, as you always say. I find time travel to be one of the most problematic storytelling devices out there. It's just it's so full of holes and doesn't it often undermines the storytelling purpose it's there for. I could have like it's not really a rant, but I could have like a whole topic on the challenges of using time travel, especially given how many reincarnation stories there are or time travel stories there are in manga. It's just it's such a popular thing to do. You know, ironically, even though I don't like ReZero, I think ReZero it, it works out because it's so consistent. Like what the rules are. Mm. Um, the the biggest challenge with time travel is the purpose of putting in your story is to give characters prior knowledge and a motivation to undo or to redo something that they know and understand is going to happen. The problem is that if dep- like you have to choose a certain model of causality inside of your own story in order for that to work. And a lot of times authors kind of want to have it both ways. On the one hand, they want to be able to change events because that's the conceit and the fun of like going back in time is that you can be like, oh, I'm going to undo this thing. It's going to happen. But if you're in a fixed reality, say you're trying to like save someone's life, like Tokyo Revengers is a good example. You know, you want to like change this person's life. If, if the timeline is fixed and you're going back and changing single events, what is supposed to be happening to you in the future because you're not branching you're just fucking around one time what's to say that like you change your course when you're a kid but then you get hit by a bus before you can leap back to the time that you're at it's a really odd situation you have to kind of overlook that in order for that to work and again in like the vv situation they've established that there's branching timelines that result from changing events in the past but how exactly does that work out and are they even affecting the stuff that is supposed to have a direct impact on what they need to do given that now it seems like we got to the apocalypse either way so you know it's a it's a challenge i i kind of wish maybe they'd started the episode with the vision of the actual robot apocalypse like her waking up in the smoking museum and then gone to going from there yeah and then returning halfway like when i say flashback i mean like give us everything they did in this episode in five to ten minutes yeah and then spend the last half of the episode really aggressively catching up on the story 
and going straight into like as you pointed out a lot more action because that's really i think the irony is that's really what the series has shown that it shines the most at it's the music and performance and the action if vivi can't sing then why the fuck do i care about music i want to hear <laughs> kick someone's head off right but we'll see i'm withholding my um real judgment for this until we kind of get to the end of that story so i'm putting a pin in that i did not i did not hate this episode but i just had a lot of questions yeah there's nothing wrong to have questions or even critique about it because yeah. i mean it's been doing well but just because it's been doing well doesn't mean it can't you know be faulty yeah so what uh, <gasps> you know what it, you know oh what it my god you know what it is can we talk about yeah. how this woman cannot catch any fucking breaks it would have i you know what i would have been completely fine with the episode if they had just done that one thing with annette mm-hmm. and they were like oh no bitch you're getting the wombo combo <laughs> you she ordered was catching L's from every direction. Every fucking di- oh yeah, actually no, it was a triple combo because then the <laughs> niggas was like, "Don't call back ever." Yep, yep, ever. We Look, dead, ho. What you doing? Leave us alone. Which there were so there were hints as to like the future of the series, definitely. Uh, fuck yeah, but um, <laughs> big time. Whatever, whatever he was talking about with the eastern border and, you know, somebody might be there to, to help you or save you, shit like that. So I'm under the understanding that them niggas are about to get into that country. <laughs> like, the Legion are, are about to make a huge, like, push or whatever the fuck's yeah. going on. And also, it's cool that the brother's story is kind of, like, going to be, well, I don't know if it's going to be settled, but at least, like, we're getting into it in this right. first core as opposed to the second one. So, yeah, he feels like the boss of the of the first core. Yeah. That they'll overcome and then get on to whatever the rest of the story is going to be. But my nigga Annette. Annette said, "I am tired of your hypocritical ass talking." Let me yeah. tell you something. I done been through shit, and I done been through shit that's probably even worse than you. I done stood by and watched my father literally, like, go into depression and kill himself. And the fact that, like, she blames herself for not saving that family because the father was like, should I do it? And she was like, no, nigga, even though she had, like, it was just... It was fucked. But it also explained Annette's reaction to her the entire time. Oh, like, fuck yeah. You could see the way that she was looking at Lena all these past like seven episodes. And you could just tell like she's not she's not with the shits. Like she's not here for this. And there's definitely a reason why she's not here for this shit. And now that we have the reason, it's just like, yeah, because you over here complaining from uh, like a pedestal, from a place of privilege. Yeah. While everybody else has been through shit. And then my favorite part was when she talked about the St. Magnolia shit and the uncle was like, they killed that bitch. What are you talking about? I I do wish that that, that uh, we had gotten like a little more like exposition randomly throughout like the beginning of the season about some of that lore and about some of like that cultural stuff mm. for the country. I'm like, not that I have any problem with this at all. But I thought it was really effective in this scene 
for there to be this backstory for this uh, figure that we've seen on a lot of art all around that in fact it's a sort of like a Joan even like a Joan of Arc kind of situation yeah you know? uh, I thought that that was a that was a good touch but I also wish that there'd been foreshadowing for that um, because it worked it worked perfectly fine uh, in that scene because it's sort of what is it like I think I said this this in previous weeks or even when the show started we don't know a lot of Albin characters. No. And the reason for that is because I, my prediction was that they're not going to be sticking around in that place, right? You could imagine a different story where it's all about everybody rallying together and getting over prejudice and all this other shit. And so to make that work, you would have to humanize the Albin side as you dig into the, like, the psychology of the 86s who are not vindictive right because they would be the people who you know they get all the people who really want to make change come together and overturn the system and make it work and yeah the land and join right that's one story you could tell like i think that was actually kind of the story of um man now i'm forgetting it with the robots that we watched earlier a couple seasons ago. out no zero no 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 the 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 like the monsters are on the on the planet and oh like a game oh what am i forgetting bah, decadence decadence right that was kind of the story of decadence right like the the there's human characters and there's robot characters and there's sort of an unknown discrimination but ultimately the end of the story was the people getting right with it and and figuring out how to live together and overcome a common threat right like that was that story that is not the story they're telling in 86 and in fact they're spending they spend a lot of time um, making the Albans look like fucking monsters to the point where you're not even supposed to empathize with like small children. Like, you, you know what I mean? Cause in this episode we find an example of a main, of one of our sort of supporting characters, even as a small child being a unrepentant piece of racist garbage. Yes. Yeah. Right. So why, why do that? Keyword. Like, yes. Yeah. So why do that? The reason to do that is, they need to be able to write all of these characters out of the story um, and potentially punish them in some way later on where the audience is not going to feel like, oh, that's pretty brutal. In fact, when those characters are given their just desserts, whether it's like Alba is destroyed or they have to like beg for the 86s to come and save them or whatever the whatever the moments that they're building up to, you're not supposed to have any empathy for them. And that, and that's what we did in this episode is that Lena kind of went around and had interactions that made us put a pin in our hatred for all of the Alban characters that we've met inside of the walls of the district. You know, there's only two. It's uh, her uncle, her uncle and, and, Annette. And, An- and Annette. That's it. And so they basically uh, had the whole um, kick, the, kick the baby scene for both of them where the uncle is like, you know why why are we even trying to stop this like it's the problem is the people the will of the people is racist and evil and we can't overcome it so we deserve so we're i'm i'm going to go along with this horrible thing because, because they deserve you know, it because because we deserve it and fuck off with trying to like fix anything <laughs> you know the the society is rotten and we all deserve to die and i had kind of pointed out before that he's like a he's he's one kind of nihilist who's sort of bowing to the will of the masses and then Annette is another type of nihilist where she's bowing to her own weakness. Yes. Right? Because her story is all about being um, realizing that 
she doesn't have the convictions to be a good person that she might have believed even when she was a small child and that she committed sins to the extent that friends of hers were theoretically killed because of her decision making her own father who you know performed all sorts of human experiments uh, on children so he's a monster oh yeah he's a monster oh yeah can't take responsibility for what he did and kills himself and then she justifies uh picking up his work because she's already tainted and can't get any better and so her whole character from jump has been all about you know what the world is fucked up i can't change anything so i'm gonna go along with it yeah and do and do whatever yeah you know and i have and i have no remorse and i'm in fact i'm angry at anybody who claims to have you know uh a different moral equation than i came up with because number one they must be hypocrites because they're not doing anything and I'm not doing it. So if we're both doing nothing, how could you think that you think differently than I do and think you're better than me? And then number two, uh, I've kind of already made my bed. How dare you try to jump out because you've got mm. feelings. So so her character became irredeemable. Or it kept reminding point. her that basically like you could have done better. You just chose not to. Yeah. And I think it's a mix of both. And I will say that for on both of those characters, both Annette and the uncle whose name is escaping me. Um, that they actually have pretty well written positions, but you have to think of them less like characters and more like uh, arguments, right? They're both mm. making it, you know they only really exist to give a little background on you know an exposition about the world and then make an argument about why you know um, they don't need to work and make a change if they know they're going to fail for different reasons, and that's all that they're there for. So in this episode, they both kind of wrote themselves out of the story because in you know Annette's case, she kind of just said, don't fucking ever talk to me again, you awful piece of shit. And now we have no reason to root for Annette and Lena's relationship because Annette is a fucking monster. Yes. Right? Like, yeah. she, she's a monster. <laughs> she's a fucking monster. A real monster. Not even like the people in the crowd who are just oblivious and don't care. Right? She's an actual participating monster. And then so is her uncle, who knows full well that he is sacrificing, uh, he's doing a genocide. And his reasoning for that is that if the people ever found out the truth about what they were doing, then they would tear the, the country apart. Because, you know, and also, no like, one... the, he was talking about like the world stage. Like, what would the world think of us? It's just like, what, nigga? <laughs> like, yeah. as though they don't know what's going on already. They don't even know if there is anyone else outside. Because they're stuck fighting the Legion. There's no... I think in the beginning they said, like, they might be the last humans alive on Earth. They don't even know. So it's a, it, so it's funny that, like, you know, he thinks about it now. But I guess it's, it makes sense because they're convinced the war is going to be over in two, in two years, regardless. So, Which that in so that of was, itself, I thought the uncle was going to give at least some kind of hint to knowing that that wasn't going to be the truth. That that's not the truth. But he didn't. I think that they don't know. Yeah, I, Yeah, I think they don't know either. <laughs> Yeah, so so that was very interesting, and so that set up, I think, um, Lena abandoning uh, Alba. I think she's left at this point, and I my prediction is that during the fight with um, Shin's brother, she's gonna like do something like come in on a helicopter or whatever, and we'll have revealed that like she's, you know, abandoning the Empire. They're gonna do their mission. I don't know if anyone's gonna. I don't know how many are gonna live. Someone's gonna live other than Shin. And they're going oh, to yeah. keep going together as a unit to that eastern location to start up the whatever the rest of the story is. Maybe there's a, a, a faction of 86s out there that 
escaped. Maybe it's another country that's fighting the Legion that they haven't come into contact with. Because there's got to be a reason why the Eastern Front, he can't hear anything coming from there, even though, you know, whatever. So I think that's what this is setting up for. And when we get the 86 side of things, it's all about, like, you know, saying goodbye to the area where they were at, that base, and remembering all the people who died. I didn't realize they killed four, like, half of that cast. In this episode. In the last episode. In this episode. Well... Yeah, the the fact that they showed those people and then the, within the next scene they were gone. Yeah, it was kind of so, just it just the death sentence is kind of it's like yeah, human so they, human rights violations. The anime. It's I mean this whole thing is a human rights violation. <laughs> so to me, what this is setting up is they get this suicide mission, they survive because Lena shows up. Or something. Somehow they win. You know, Shin gets his revenge or maybe drives the brother off. I don't know. I assume he kills him. Because there's got to be other things to go through. And then once that occurs, they are officially looked at as being dead. So no one's going to come looking for them. Yeah, they they can do what they want. And they keep going. Because they're not supposed to come back anyway. Like, that's the thing. It's like, you're on a permanent recon. And if you come back, we'll kill you. So, they're, they're out of dodge. Now, I don't know how many of that final four are going to survive but i might even it might be possible they all live because we have like another core to go and i find it very hard to believe that the story is basically going to come down to just like lena and fucking uh uh shin like i don't believe that there's just you know what i mean there's too much there's too much going on so this is my prediction is you know we we we're now setting up for everybody all these characters all the albans the the mechanic dude we're writing them out of the story for now. For now, they'll probably come back. I, I just, I know that Undertaker has a plan to like live, not just like do the brother thing, which, oh my God, that scene with the brothers at the fucking end. It's like, now I'm thinking about all of the talk that he's been doing with Lena. And I'm like, yeah, that nigga probably just wants to get back at his brother. Like maybe, maybe, maybe that's all that is like, Maybe it has. Maybe he does like the the reason what the reason that he's using to go after him is like, oh, you know, this is fucked up. We can't let this happen. But also, there's still some petty in him where he was like, "Nigga, you choked me out when I was eight years old. Fuck right. you." Like, what? No. Which I think this is going to be a horrible fucking fight because that just that that whole little monologue that the brother or the pseudo brother had at the end and he's going to have to be listening to that during the whole fight. Oh, nah. Yeah, I could see the fight going a couple episodes as well. Oh, yeah. I think this is the last arc. I don't think there's anything else coming. Yeah. So I think that would be pretty neat. Uh, But there's a lot to go in this story and i do i do appreciate that we did get some more background on the parade stuff mm. and they kind of acknowledge that this seems to be like a um i won't call it magic but there's a little there's there's like special abilities whatever that means that's kind of cool yeah which the with the albans don't have it's always the the cu- wait what do they call them the 86s the or the, what was the name the colors yeah the, oh man they use the word colors in there yeah i was afraid to say it i was like wait did they really call them colors and did. i missed that shit they did oh my god yeah they did yeah 100 percent. well 
Yeah, 86. So, that was a really good fucking episode. I'm not going to It lie. was. And, you know, realistically, not a lot happened. Um, and, yeah, you're like, right. But so it's cool. the setup and just, like, everything that they talked about and just, you know, they're breaking Lena down. And I feel like this is just set up for her to come back as a badass fucking. Yeah, I think that's her. That That's sort of her direction. And what I would appreciate um, is when she does come back that the show kind of takes a little bit more of a um, sort of combat oriented direction i think we've got a lot of talk no jutsu which yes. is cool but yeah. like now all the characters are together or hopefully after the next couple episodes they'll be together i'd like to see there be really like a final destination that they're all working towards because that's the one thing that i think the story has missed out on is that that we spent essentially an entire season just getting to know people and setting up the emotions because we killed off most of the cast that we got to know. So, you know, normally when you invest episodes, invest that much time in episodes to characters and then you're killing them, it's sort of like there better, you know, there better be another story you're trying to tell that's just as important because that's a lot of screen time to dead people who aren't going to come back. Yeah, I feel like maybe this will be the end of the Albin side of the story and like the Legion is just going to not they're not going away anytime soon oh absolutely not and i i would agree with you i think that like the alban whatever's going on with the albans is kind of gonna is just we've we have now officially written that out of the plot which we were getting 75 percent of these episodes were taking place with like alban shit yeah you know lena and talking and doing whatever so if that's gone that leaves a lot of like story time and real estate on the things I think are really cool. But which, by the way, we had some good music in this episode as well. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. There were several good piano tracks. Several yeah. good ones. Which were haunting. Like, a lot of shit was haunting. Even the um uh, the point where they had, like, no music, where they were all by the machines, and it was just yep. raining in silence. I was like, yep. this is so haunting. Like, oh, my fucking God. Like, seriously? Like, really, we're doing this? Yeah, and that's where I think the show is at its best visually and from a soundtrack point of view when those two things come together. It's not just a combat. It's like using the sort of really high quality establishing shots along with either, you know, select music selections, vocal stuff. Like mm -hmm. it works very well to set a tone for the world that they live in that feels a little bit realistic, but then also a little hyper realistic. So I like the look, but I don't think that there has yet been an episode where it's all come together with an adequate sort of action-oriented pacing, which is where I think all these elements would be A+. Like right now, if the, sh if the series were to end after whatever happens in the next couple episodes, I'd probably give the whole thing like a C. And that's only because so much time was spent on exposition and not yeah. a lot of action and the music and and frankly i'll say this like you know up front the albin stuff or alba in general is the most boring part of the show oh agreed agreed right? it's very boring we have no characters there's no real development of anyone other than lena it's not like she's going against people in the military headquarters like right actively, we don't know yeah. anybody there like i could imagine if this was like written in the style of, say, a Full Metal Alchemist, where we'd be meeting a lot of these sort of, like, worthless soldiers, and there would be a lot of attention paid to, like, inner lives of 
people who are essentially going to be the villains or are the villains mm-hmm. so that you know but that's a different type of storytelling so here i think the alban stuff actually is detracts from the other investments the show has made for example there's no real cool audio cues or or soundtrack choices for when they're in the inside the 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 district like there's no the it, oh. like it's such a it's such a kind of like flat environment it's urban um you're in sort of people's homes there's no like Alban military theme when she's in the you know doing her like there's you're nothing right. really that stands out yeah so it's not that endearing and if 75% of the show so far has been spent there in a place where there's just very little um use of the high quality talent they have doing the scoring then you lose a lot also they're, they're talking scenes so like the animation is not going to be over the top for anything like that so you so all these things that make this sh- that potentially make the high points of the show exciting are just non-existent because of how much time is spent in this very like flat area but now that they've gotten outside they have a an antagonist they have a conflict the characters are for the most part together and we're probably not going back there my expectation is that it all comes together in a much you know more exciting way so i'm 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 not i would not be surprised if the next two episodes are like holy shit why weren't we getting this like 5 episodes ago type stuff okay we'll see We'll see, we'll see. We will. So what's left? Oh, Tokyo Avengers. This was kind of chill too, to be honest. Yes. Yes. Not much was really popping off, but it was a necessary episode for Takemichi. (laughs) Like every episode is a necessary episode. That's true. But at least he like realized like, okay, nigga, can you please like come, come down to earth and just like, you know, just or not even that it wasn't even him coming down to earth it was just him realizing like him not being an idiot like he was so stupid when i was the moment that he was like oh this is solved oh blah 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 i was like no you should still be like paranoid and you should still stay there until august 3rd just to guarantee that nothing pops off but Mm -hmm. of course you know he did stay but not of his own volition because i felt like if homegirl hadn't invited him he probably would have gone back and done some stupid shit. He would have done the dumb thing. He would have gone back and been like, I changed it. And then it still would have fucking happened. So. Yeah. With this episode, I thought that Kiyomasa was going to like, at least like cut a finger or some shit. Or like slice him. Or do something. But he wants to pin it on him. And then the whole faction thing. Like the way that Mikey and Draken made up. It made sense for those two. But also... I was just saying, I was like, the only thing that Takemichi can really do right now is cry. And that's what he did. He fucking cried. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, I can't believe that this nigga just cried and that's what made them make up. Like, are you fucking kidding me right now? I mean, they're fucking children. That's, that's, that is also true. Like, (laughs) that's the thing to always remember about this show is that for the most part, these are like 14 year olds. Oh goodness! They some of them look like grown ass men, or are drawn that way, but they are fourteen year olds. Yeah, you're right. Uh, well, 
overall, the episode was entertaining. Um, I honestly did not give a fuck about the um the romantic stuff, but I guess it came in handy for like snapping him back to yeah, like the moment. So that was cool. And then also it was nice, at least with the Emma girl, that they like talked that shit out and she was just like, Oh, she told me that she just like lashes out when that nigga just doesn't pay her any attention or like doesn't act like they're actually dating. So I guess that was kind of more entertaining to me outside of the last part of the episode where we finally got all the details about, you know, them niggas don't give a fuck if they made up. Now that there's a frack, there's a faction, there's a faction and shit's going to go down. But it also makes sense. Like the story is making sense because I would have thought Kiyomasa would have come after Takamichi like much earlier. Right. Not not that he was going after him right now on purpose, like Takamichi just happened to be there. But I thought that he was going to basically be like, oh, this nigga done fucked up. He done like fucked up my position. Like I just got embarrassed by everybody. I thought that was going to be an immediate, like I'm about to go get this little nigga back. And he didn't. But him showing up now makes sense because of course he wasn't just pissed at Takamichi. He was pissed at like the gang as a whole. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was going to go after Mikey right after he went after Draken. But then um, Kisaki Teta kind of was like, actually, I was just using you. And that's another thing. Kisaki Teta still is nowhere to be found. And I still am just like, no, this nigga cannot be like, he is, he, he is too important. They hyped him up too early. Or not too early, but they hyped him up so much in the beginning where I'm just like, there's no way that he's not connected to this shit. There's no way. But he just had, they just, Takemichi just hasn't made the connection yet or hasn't witnessed it yet. I don't know. I, I, well, yeah, we all know that, that that's the, at least at this point in the story, we know that, that he's the focal point for a lot of the shitty things that are happening. But you're, but you're right. It's not even obvious yet how and why. So, you know, there's, it's a slow burn in one sense. But in the other sense, it's like some of these people have to, you have to solve these little internal problems before you move on to like the bigger shit. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Takamichi at this point is just very, I would still say very naive. And he's been through a lot and it's still quite naive. So yeah, you know, so whole episode. They, I do. I, I, and you, you probably were hit or miss on some of the romance stuff. I thought it was cute. You know? <laughs> it makes sense. This is what would impress a 14 year old girl. <laughs> like you were so brave when you were out there crying and not doing anything. Yeah, you yeah, you you reiterating 14 makes it <laughs> Yeah, you got to you got to put some of this in perspective. <laughs> yeah, that is. That that makes it. Yeah. And then there are times when like things are happening you're like there's no way in fucking hell <laughs> a 14-year-old would be dealing with this kind of shit. And they will That's another thing I I'm saying this so much so for like Takemichi because I was like, you're the adult in the child body. Why aren't you dealing with this better? And I'm like, oh, it's because you're still immature as fuck as an adult. Like, I I think at one point I was, um, I clicked back and I wound up on like just the first scene of episode one. Uh I forgot that he had said that uh, um, he'd only, at that point, he had only ever had one girlfriend and that was in middle school. And this is when he was a grown ass adult. And I was like, man, it must suck to be Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) Man. Or just an incel in general. That's got to be fucking terrible. I mean, yeah, because he... Well, is he? Yeah, he kind of is. 
He said he had one girlfriend. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's not even about the number. It's just the fact that it ended when he was in middle school and he was a grown ass adult and a loser in a shitty apartment <laughs> with like no education. Like I, I don't know. That like it's such it's such a feels bad man kind of thing. Just, just <laughs> like think about his life for real. That like I'm actually happy that they spent so much time back in time and I overlook some of the questionable shit because at least the girl he's he's getting on was already dating him and into him when he was a kid. So like this is just him remember you could think of it like he's just remembering or kind of reliving his that part of his life. It's not quite as creepy. Not quite. Quite, but, but it is still fucking weird. Yeah. It's fucking it is weird. weird. But I bet you it speaks to a lot of people. Not me. Yeah, dude. I, I bet you it does. Dude. I was I peaked at fifteen, like, damn, son. For That's real? not something you brag about. No, it, it really isn't. But yeah. So, the yeah. episode was kind of just more so build I feel like it was just building up to next week where I feel like shit's gonna hit the fan. Agreed. I don't know how um, how big a shit's gonna hit the fan. I feel like Mikey's gonna show back show up at the last second. I feel like Draken will probably get injured. He won't die. Mm. But eh, you know, we'll see. Well, this is a story of escalation, so every level mm. of escalation is one bit above the next. Which I appreciate because it does keep a very consistent forward momentum on the story. But I again like this is me sort of uh, I read I read mostly to the end, so it's on its final arc right now. The manga I thought it was ending, um, like or was like it. it oh, I thought its final it. Arc. I thought it. Yeah, I thought it had too. No, it it it's sort of a false finish, and they're going into the final arc now. Okay, um, okay. Yeah, so I think that uh, I don't know what the end point of the story is. I'll probably when the season is over, I will catch up. But like just thinking through a lot of the stuff that they've animated so far, I think what I've enjoyed the most is actually the re- the more like non-action relationship stuff, especially, um, you know, the, the, I won't really call it romance, but like, you know, Takamichi's a, a, not a bad person. And no, then, he's and not a bad person. One of the things that like makes the show function. He's just a dumb kid. He's a dumb kid. And one of the things that makes the show function like a non-creepy way is that he's not perving after, his middle school girlfriend. He just is actually, you know, deeply trying in love to save with this her. woman and trying to save her. Yeah. Right? And he, he thinks of her as an adult in, when they're in the future, and he thinks of her like a kid when they're kids. And there is sort of a separation there that I wish was held to a bit more in some other ends of the media. Mm-hmm. But it, in a way, it, it comes off a lot like more benign and cute. And again, he's not trying to fuck... A fourteen, <laughs> which is you know, ironically, I would find that to be far more realistic than what they are doing. But it I mean, because like, the his past self was about the fuck Emma. Yeah, that's definitely true. She she made she made a move. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I call she made a pro move, but <laughs> but the but the the point is that it comes off as a lot more wholesome. And frankly, the show itself and the story itself is actually a pretty. Like and in most elements, it's a pretty wholesome story because it's not like the main character is like the world's biggest. But I heard, you know, I heard that like it's much more gory. 
It is, but when I say wholesome, I mean the themes. Because you have a very, very, like, classically heroic uh, intent behind the main character. Very classically, he just wants to save the girl he likes from a horrible death. Right? Yeah. That's that's very basic. He himself is not like an uh, like this, you know, the 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 baddest nigga on the planet. He's just a dude. He cries a lot. He feels a lot of emotions for his friends, you know, and he talks and he mostly just like talks people out of or into bad stuff decisions. And, yeah, and it and by and large the stuff he's trying to talk people out of is you know, things you would want a responsible 14-year-old to talk other 14-year-olds out, out of yeah to a certain degree. I mean, like, there's still gang warfare. So you got to, like, temper your expectations. But, you know, it's not a battle manga. And as a result of that, I think the, the sort of human connections between all of the characters are are very positive. Or they get to a positive place, and then you just kind of root for everybody. Like, yeah, it sucks when he goes in the future and finds out they're all disgusting gangsters and or that you witness some of the horrible things that are happening kind of in the background or the foreground of the story. But like, that's weirdly kind of not the focus. And I appreciate that. I think that's why I liked reading it is because I wanted, it was a page turner. I wanted to get to the next part of the story, but I think I genuinely like everybody. Like I can't name too many characters other than like Teta and some other, like there's another couple characters who are just definitely bad people. Mm -hmm. But like all of the, all of the, the, captains and his friends and even like some of their rivals they do kind of come off as kids living a dream that's a lot bigger than they are and i can i can rock with that i think that's a cool vibe to keep compared to some of the fucking shit that i've had to watch this week like read about you know child murder experiments genocide like, oh i was this. like wait what else and i was like oh 86 yes yeah i will i will <laughs> yes. take this <laughs> Even Vivi, like robot apocalypse and like genocide, yeah, or like human human singularity. Like I'm, I will I will take a bunch of like wannabe, uh, uh, biker gang kids having a little fantasy than than that stuff. It's a little it's a it's it's much more bearable and less bleak. True. Yeah. But Takamichi is a bitch. Okay, yes, he is a bitch. <laughs> He's a big bitch. <laughs> he is. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's just like, bruh, I know you're trying, but it's just not enough. It's just not. Yeah. At least for right now. I mean, you know, he's gonna he's clearly gonna grow. He's the MC. But until then, we gonna we gonna well, I I'll see. You already know what's about to fucking happen. Yeah. But but I, I shall see. The growth that will be coming from him. He's he's a good guy. He, he's a bitch, but like <laughs> I watched, you know, it's an anecdote. This is actually like a big time anecdote. So I was doing my usual like YouTube deep dive, and I ran across um an, uh, a show that I had never seen before. That was on, I guess it aired on MTV like mm-hmm. a, a long time ago, like maybe a decade ago. Um, and the premise of the show it was a reality TV show. Um, and it was take a bunch of people who have bullied other folks and it was a challenge show where basically the bully would be invited onto the show and would be, it'd be promised a MMA style, like two round match. Um, one with like, you know, regular MMA stuff and another one would be like kickboxing or, uh-huh. or, or whatever for like 10 grand. 
uh, with the person that they allegedly had been bullying. And the the rub of the show was that when they would get there, you know, they'd cut, you know, they'd cut some like promos and do some like video packages. Like, I'm a badass. Like, I'm going to take this guy's money. I can't believe they're coming back after, you know, X, Y, or Z thing. And then they show up. And instead of the person that they were supposed to be like, you know, tormenting and, uh, you know, in this fight, it's a trained real world MMA fighter. And then <gasps> they just get embarrassed. Oh, my in God. A, in a beating like a, a, a old country beating in, in the octagon. And they and uh, the other like uh, victim gets the money, right? And I, it didn't wow. last very long. I never, I never, I never heard of it, so it definitely was not like a big thing. But I remember like watching it and thinking like, wouldn't it have been interesting to have like seen? And so I didn't realize that they were MMA fighters until like the second one. I recognized uh, somebody that I knew, and I was like, oh shit, wait, that's a real dude who like got pretty far in the MMA like fuck this is an easy payday for him he just beat down some like chunky trash can of an asshole now i bring all this up to say that like when i was watching it i was thinking like man wouldn't it have been interesting to have seen like the glowed glowed up version of the so-called victim who had been like yo i'm gonna whoop this motherfucker's ass and had been like doing a uh, mixed martial arts training and gotten in shape and just like beat the shit out of them which is what i thought the show was going to be yeah but um but yeah like that story it could have been the story of like Tokyo Revengers. It could have been, and they decided to go a different way, and I appreciate that. But you know, it's cool. It's chill. Well, that's all that I've watched this week. How are? Did you watch your other shows? Yeah, I watched Godzilla. I watched Din Zaiman. Um, I watched a little bit of Shadows House because I saw a, a review of a later episode, and it kind of explained a couple of things that I was curious about. That, they, mm. that obviously in the first couple episodes were like not well um put together or all that exciting uh and so i i want to actually go back and and watch it when the season's over because i get a feeling that it's um exploring some psychological territory that i'm interested in and now that i know what the shadows are supposed to be uh-huh. i am more interested in the story than before where i wasn't really sure if this thing was like an allegory or if it was real or what the fuck was going on. So um, there's okay. that. And I am was pleased to discover this week that uh, I, I could get access to different chapters, the new chapters for Tower of God. And so that just reignited my passion once again. Whoa. So I caught up on the three that have been dropped. And Oh, I'm man, so, I got to catch up. Oh, shit. I'm so lit off of this series i'm still not even caught up i st- i like stopped one day because i was like this is bad i can't do this there was all day. some there was some shit where i was just like how much more creative can they get because this is super freaking creative so and he creative. did it he did it it's just like it, it's i don't know how to describe this other than imagine that you're going to like a three-star restaurant and you know that you can always get a meal of a pretty high quality mm-hmm. from that three-star restaurant. But, like, if the right guys are in the back the day you go there, the three-star meal can become a It's going to be lit. Meal. Yeah. Yeah. It could, be, it could go up a level from where you're at. And so you're always kind of wondering, like, at what point does the whole restaurant level up? You know? Like, I know I'm getting good shit, but I keep getting teased of, like, oh, man, it's not only is it still good, but there's, like, places to go as far as like quality and and 
cool concepts and other things. Uh, and we're not done yet. We're not at the end game of even the creativity. So, like, I don't want the story to end, mostly because I don't feel like everything that could be done has with been what done. we've seen has been done. And in chapter 488 and 489, like, they, I got surprised again in this series that I've been rereading, like, and getting surprised. So I'm like, well, fuck. Like, this is, this is just awesome. Um, so I've been reading, I, I, I caught up there, um, and then the other thing I will talk about in my recommendation, uh, will be what really took up most of my week. Well, yeah, I don't really have, like, a topic for this week. <laughs> nothing really pissed me off. I mean, something pissed me off today, but it has nothing to do with anime. So, I mean, yeah, that, that's about it. Actually, wait, no, it does have something to do with anime. <laughs> what you got? Well, no, it's just, um, you know, you can't talk shit on the internet if your actual face isn't on the internet. Okay? Ooh. You 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 it 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 doesn't work like that. Like you if you have an anime profile picture and you talk shit, that immediately opens you up for just like evisceration. Cause it's just like you can't comment on someone else's looks and then be hiding your own. That means you're ugly by default. So yeah. Just damn. Just shut, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, just shut well, the let, fuck let up. Let them know where they really stand. Shut the fuck up. Oh, I did, I did, but I was like, man, this has nothing to do with anime. But then I was like, no, yes, it does. Cause yeah, yeah. Some of y'all are some of the worst perpetrators. Oh my god, no, that was not the right word. Whatever. Anime Ugh. profile pictures. Yo, actually, I don't even respond to people who have like uh, furry profile pictures. I, I just don't respond. <laughs> What's wrong with I the just fur? Don't. Yo, What's like, wrong? It, never go, it never goes well. Never? Never. Are you? Never, never, never. Okay, well, you know, I, don't, yeah. I, I, I can't speak for that. I just, like, I'm not a part of that community. I just know that, you know, do you and do you. Right. And, and a, do that, you. That's a right. And no pedophilia. The do you. Like, come on. Do you. I would say that itself is the right attitude. Yeah, like don't be like yeah. the Sonic people. Oh boy, don't be like a lot of people. Uh, did you see that thing about the the the? Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> That's bait. No, well, no. There, my friend posted something on Instagram about um um a pedophile coming out of the closet. <laughs> Yeah, and he basically was like, I'm an open pedophile. I just don't act on it. And like I'm oh, misunderstood. No. And I was oh, like, Oh no. I was like, I who gave you a platform to do this? Who, oh no. Like, yeah, like it's an actual like thing. I legit was like, this is not good. Oh no. This is not good. This is not good. Yeah, that's not that ain't good at all. I'm Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Shit. Okay. Um, Anyways, I wish I could follow that up with anything, but let me. Uh, I'm gonna roll over into my recommendation. So I feel like I'm on this um, Manwa kick, and it's mostly because it's an area. Yeah, it's just an area that that I'm new to, and that means that there's there are in fact a lot of series out there that have a bunch of 
content behind them that are pretty good that I've just never heard of. And frankly, it's kind of hard to for me to search for them because I don't necessarily frequent a lot of the places that are going to highlight um, good content. And I'm trying to fix that. But my find this week is uh, a pretty lengthy ongoing one, maybe familiar to a lot of folks, called Leviathan. Um, it's written by Lee Guntak, and the art is by Naomi Young. And I wanted to start off by saying uh, the the art in the first chapter is a just hooks you. It has a, a feel that's somewhere between an American-style graphic novel and some of the more higher-quality uh, man, manga that you've probably seen in the past. It has, uh-huh. a really, like, it has a subdued color palette, um, and it's just pleasant to look at. So a lot of the 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 panels are just like full of a, of tons of detail but there's also like effects added that give depth and other things that i think make images and characters and other things pop out of the page now what is leviathan about leviathan um would probably uncharitably be described as like a hodgepodge of a lot of other better known uh series and concepts the general idea is a uh, story set in a post-apocalyptic world after uh, comets hit the earth and cause um, flooding for a hundred years, so you're dealing with like a water world type situation. One of the side effects of these comets is that um, a strange disease has killed off a lot of people, called the fish disease. And there, that same um, fish disease. Okay. But that same comet also caused great mutations in the sea life of the world, leading to sea monsters dominating the uh, the ocean, especially at night. And so the general structure of the story is a lot like Attack on Titan with these grotesque sea monsters taking the role of the Titans and uh, the Harpoonists, who are specially trained folks who protect a few outposts or ships or other things of humanity in the role of like the Survey Corps. Um, And they sort of possess maybe above human or superhuman abilities. due to both training and other non-specified things that are go on in the story. So it has a lot of early elements, especially as far as like the horror and the, um, uh, I would say like shock scenes that you would expect from Attack on Titan, the whole thing of like these sea monsters that are grotesque and vaguely humanoid, um, stalking, killing, and doing all kinds of other horrific things to unsuspecting humans and there's a lot of scenes of like you know opening a door and there's like a horrific monster behind it making a a horrifying expression with a fishy human looking face um so it's giving you a lot of not my yeah so (laughs) especially the first five to ten chapters where you're not really sure exactly if the story is going to be a power fantasy or straight up horror it is really unsettling and i personally have a great dislike for the ocean and everything in it, and so to tap mm-hmm. into that kind of smart, prim- smart that pri- right that primordial horror is actually a great twist on the formula for Attack on Titan. Um, as the story itself progresses, it starts to bring in elements from other really popular series. I, I think the one that sticks out to a lot of people the most is probably Demon Slayer, which doesn't surprise oh. me given that it's a relatively recent um, manhwa. I think it's been around for about three or four years. They're up to, in, I think the chapter counts in the 150s, so if you want to get into it, there's a, there's a lot of content, but it's not an insurmountable read to catch up. I personally read the first 100 or so chapters this week and really, really enjoyed the ride. 
I think that the main characters are cool, and there's actually a fair amount of fan service in there, whether it's deserved or not, from certain characters. It doesn't feel completely jarring and out of place, but I mean, if you want to see a, you know, some some booty and other things hanging out here or there, it has something for you. So it scratched an itch I didn't realize I kind of had after running through all of Attack on Titan is sort of this um, action horror uh, hybrid with an interesting and unique premise and I think also like an art style and like a design style that veers from like very realistic and grungy to super cool futuristic um, and even with a little bit of a, a magic and mystery thrown in. So I would definitely recommend this to folks as a change of pace from maybe some other series. And I think the horror elements carry the story, at least for like the, the first two thirds of what's going on. But there's bigger stuff going forward. And I think it's really cool. Okay. So Leviathan, check it out. Leviathan. Yeah, no, I can't, I can't. I mean, sounds great, but I don't do well with horror. And I especially don't do well with the ocean. Like... <laughs> Niggas always want to go on Carnival Cruise Lines, and I'm like, do you imagine? <laughs> Can you imagine what would happen? Like, the worst possible scenario? Like, no. No. It's not even just the sharks. Okay, anyways. Yeah. Like, I definitely had that thought on certain cruise ships, like, looking over the edge, where you're, like, yeah. way offshore, and you're like, yeah. oh, yeah, this is exactly why humans have all the- Nightmare fuel. Yeah. I said primordial feeling. That's where I'm getting- I feel, like, deeply uncomfortable- but there mm-hmm. are some really, really cool designs of monsters that work because the setting is the ocean that get you like I when I was reading, I'm like, oh, this feels really attack on Titan. But then as you start to get into the environment and like the world they're in, it does definitely find its own niche. And again, like the addition of like some limited fan service and other elements that like take the vibe in a slightly different direction you really do feel like you're reading something that is scratching a slightly different itch. So, I thought it was cool. So, my recommendation this week is Yakuza Like a Dragon. I feel like we've re- both recommended this twice. Have we? Have we? It's good, which is good. Yeah, oh, wait, I then let me pull that shit back. My recommendation is No, 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 Apex you should Legends. recommend it again because <laughs> I love it. Well, I actually bought it, finally. And I played through, I think, like the prologue in the first chapter, like nonstop. And then I got to the homeless camp and I got like another party member. Like, it was just, it was so unexpected. I kind of honestly wish I had gotten it on release because I would have been shouting from the rooftops about how much I love the fucking game. Like, it is so good. Like, the Dragon Quest ish aspects and the fact that he's obsessed with dragon quest and also the story is actually very captivating like oh i love and i'm not even in that deep but just like what happened between the intro the prologue and the first chapter i'm just like yo this is this is fucked up like this is this is ass but also it was so well here later i'm not gonna say that because that's a spoiler yeah, there, there are so that's one thing I'll give the Yakuza series. When you be fighting like bosses, it's so satisfying. Those it little, really is. It's so satisfying the way they be like bopping each other. It just it's uh the um the choreographed scenes. It's uh, 
It's so good. So good. Yeah, but this is my first time recommending it after actually playing it. So. Yeah. I, I And given that you've gone through like the first chapter, mm-hmm. um, I think maybe now you can relate a little bit to the feeling that I had when I was, when I was playing it about how this, it's so... There's something special about a story that centers on like the angst and lives of like middle aged people. Yeah. Like, not just that the characters are older, but that the kind of like fears and insecurities and frankly the state of the world for folks who don't have much and society kind of passes them by, like it's an unusual um framing for a video game because it's all everything is either like dominated by super strong tough guys superheroes or little kids and the angst of the characters in like a dragon if you kind of take away some of the over the top parts of the story it's about like older people with not a lot of skills trying to find a a way to live and to you know have confidence in themselves and the lead is just so endearing like he's just so endearing i you know as an older person myself or getting older i really resonated a lot with like those parts of the story even though they're not the parts that lead to all of like the fun combat or you know the drama of what's going on i'm entertained by the drama even just the opening sequence with the um the shit that happened in the dresser room i was like what is this right right so i think it's great i would recommend that every time it comes up on sale um anytime there's an excuse to encourage people to go buy it and play it I'm not a huge fan of the Yakuza series, but Like a Dragon definitely pulled me in. And uh, I finished it a month or two, two months ago. Mm-hmm. And I kind of want to replay it now. Um, really? Yeah, it's, it's it's just enjoyable. It's pleasant. There's some like late game stuff too, like for that could be grinded for that are kind of on my list of things to get to when I have time. So I, I fully concur with this one. Cool, cool. So well, I think that's, that's all I got. Yeah, that is all that I have this week, too. So keep your eyes peeled, you guys, on the YouTube. There's going to be a shit ton of pretty cure shit dropping, most likely before this episode goes live. <laughs> um, it won't be, and I say shit ton, it won't be like except like 10 videos. It's not going to be that much. It's going to be, oh, oh shit, maybe. We did a lot of girls. It's going to be like, it's going to be like, but they're going to be short videos. So, you know, just make sure even if you don't like watch the whole video, which I'm going to edit it to so that like we get to like the funny shit faster as opposed to like, you know, us just doing an intro every time. We're just going to get straight to the shits. So that way, like new people coming into the video and also you guys listening to the video for the first time will be immediately entertained as opposed to like, listening to us for 30 seconds do an intro so those are coming and uh, i guess yeah you could you can follow me on social media at kuroshore on instagram uh, and youtube and uh, yeah if you have the nerve to comment on my fucking videos talking about my face looks sweaty then um you need to have a picture of yourself from now on because my face is not fucking sweaty, bitch. It's just that I wake up at a certain time of the day and I do my face routine and my skincare routine does not seep into my face very quickly and I got videos to do and I got a life to live. So the videos get done while the skincare stuff is still seeping into my skin. So it's not sweat. 
It's actually well, moisture, which you probably ain't got. That's why you ain't got no profile. <laughs> oh no, I didn't block. I've been waiting for a response. I'm like, respond. Ooh. And you think, I don't know what happened, but just because your account is on private doesn't mean that you didn't give the name to your other food account where all your food looks soggy, bitch. So Fascinating. Fascinating. Yeah. You're talking that shit. You can't talk shit when the internet exists and there are receipts everywhere. Like, come on. But that's, that's that. But that's, you know, you can follow me there, Kuro. Sure. Um, and uh, more videos outside of reaction videos may be coming. We'll see. Yep. And you can always holler at me at Neural Handshake on Twitter. Uh, more stuff going to the YouTube page. Make sure to remember to uh, comment if you see some stuff you like or if you have some ideas for content or things that we can watch. Uh, or or respond to, or or that we're just uh, missing in general. Oh, make sure you Definitely. rate us on Apple Podcasts too. Absolutely, always helps. And share, and like, and retweet. You know what? You don't even have to like it. You can just like retweet it. Like that's okay. Or you can like share the post in your Instagram stories. That works too. Yeah. That works yep. too. But yeah. That is all for this week. Oh, and if you guys see like our advertisements like on Instagram and Facebook, that's just, it's just, it's not that we're constantly doing like a Jujutsu Kaisen episode. That's just the picture that was picked as part of that advertisement. And apparently like Facebook just really likes that one photo, even though I gave them like five to pick from. So yeah, it's not, this isn't a podcast only about Jujutsu Kaisen. Let's make right. that clear. Of course. But when it's airing, it probably will be. <laughs> Big facts. Well, okay. Bye, y'all. Bye. Peace out.